1: Corey, it's always good to be with you, mate. Man, I've just been thinking, I'm really looking forward to this episode of talking about how we put together a really cool deal. But before we get started, I really want everybody to really understand, I know you give you, you a little introduction about who Mark is, but I think it comes better when I just ask the person that has created this amazing business about
2: how they did it and kind of where you at now. So tell us about yourself, Mark. Thanks, mate. Yeah. For those that do not know me, I'm a real estate investor at heart. And what we have found a specialization in is divesting high income on high net worth individuals from Wall Street into Main Street via our real estate offering. So we're essentially taking the volatility and unpredictability of Wall Street and taking that out of someone's portfolio and giving them the tried and true cash flow producing assets of real estate. And it's been pretty popular. We've now been in business for about 20 years. This iteration of the company, I was just a house flipper at first, obviously getting started. And in 2009, really pivoted to our model of this kind of turnkey, do-it-yourself, real estate investor, wealth advisor type role where we've helped people invest their capital into Main Street. And we've now scaled into many, many states that we're doing it in. Obviously with our multifamily syndications, we're doing that all over America, but even in our single family portfolios, we have offerings all across the Midwest. So we're having a lot of fun, mate. It's good stuff. Man, real estate's been very good to both of us now. So we met almost what? I want to say
1: seven years ago. Yep. Maybe seven or eight years ago at a thing called Collective Genius, which is a real estate mastermind, mainly for single family. And I was kind of the multifamily guy in that group in the beginning. We fostered a great relationship. So And really today's segment is about strategic relationships. We talked about in episode one and two of this three-part series, of uh, kind of the key people that we've met. And Mark's kind of that third piece of the puzzle, which is what we like to say, part of the capital.
2: Control is the capital.
1: (laughs) And controlling capital and commanding capital is one of the highest skills I think out there, right? It really makes the difference. And so Mark, how did you start having those conversations initially with that type of money and being able to tell the story of real estate? How did that work when you first started and
2: how has it changed? Sure. So look, I mean, it starts at the bottom (laughs) and you kind of work your way up. And when I mean the bottom, I actually hit bottom. I had a very bad business divorce in 2008, actually New Year's Eve of 2008. I signed the papers where I had a hostile takeover that kind of pushed me out of my company. However, I was able to get back on top using collaboration. I was... At a time where I was at the bottom and didn't have my own capital to be able to deploy. So I just reached out to those and was very transparent and said, Hey, look, we've had this bad experience where I'm now kind of scraping, got some bumps and bruises over the body from a bad business divorce and don't have the capital to deploy. But what do I know really, really well? What is my skill set? My skill set was finding great deals on the courthouse steps. And I'm like, Look, if you could buy a house at 50 cents on the dollar, would you be interested? Oh, yeah, of course. So you go and present an opportunity in a very professional way, and then you deliver on that return and you make people really good money, which we were clearly. And from 2009 until today, it's been slowly started with single family, hitting some singles, singles, and then getting into some of the home runs that we obviously find in the multifamily world. So how it works, Corey, is being a trustworthy, upstanding person who does what they say they're going to do. And at the end of the day, the one thing that I can say confidently is that my investors trust me.
1: So that leads me to this next piece, which is the one thing that when you look at for strategic relationships, I think the first thing before you look at can they or do they, will they do something, it's got to be way more personal than that. And, And I think it's at the fundamental level, do they have the same core values? And so I know you have a set of core values and I would love for you to share a little bit of Mark's core values and what that means to you and your company.
2: Thanks. Yeah, no, it starts. Actually, I was just in a job interview half an hour ago and was talking with our prospective employee. And I said, hey, look, at the beginning of every interview, I just have to talk over our core values because they're very important to us. And they are professionalism, accountability, good communication, and quality. And obviously, we can go deeper on those four things. But at the heart of it is holding yourself to a higher standard, right? That ideal team player, someone who is humble, hungry, and smart, someone who's wanting to put their own personal Interests aside in favor of the team winning, someone who's willing to roll their sleeves up and get it done. And professionalism, because we're in a field of money managing. And when you manage other people's money, clearly it's just you've got kind of some of those little jokes or nuances that kind of be funny at a small level. It's like, hey, there's no room for that kind of humor around this office place. We have a lot of fun, don't get me wrong, but we take our jobs very seriously because we're a professional organization. You got to take the money seriously. Take control. Have a very professional organization. Good communication is the core of everything we do. And accountability is a two-way street, Corey. I want my employees to hold me accountable as much as it is vice versa. So it's those four core values, but at the heart of it all, and I didn't use it as a core value just because it's so overused. But at the end of the day, the reason I think you and I gel is because of your high integrity. That matches up with who I want to be. And that's where you and I centrally align is knowing that, that I can trust you with my money, with my investors' money. And that means the world to me.
0: At Kahuna Investments, we partner with passive investors to create award-winning communities families love to call home. If you want to learn more about our company and our process, go to www.kahunainvestments.com and click the deal room.
1: That is a very interesting Thing when you think about it, right? Because most people they're like, Okay, I'm gonna go out and raise capital for me, like, and then there's the thought of what you just did, I'm raising capital for somebody else, and that only gets done through really knowing who that person is, and it really is about integrity and trust, knowing that you're not going to get blindsided, that this person is going to treat your capital. With the same intensity and ferocity that you would of
2: making sure we do the right thing. Well, and it's in progressions, right? I mean, you remember the first time that you presented me a deal. I said, no, I wasn't ready. The second time you presented me a deal, I said, okay, well, let me fly in to Arizona. We'll drive to Yuma together. And you remember this, this is like three years ago. And we literally drove down and we boots on the ground. And I'm like, dude, this reminds me exactly like a little quick value add flip that I would do only... We're just adding 180 units to what I would normally do. We're adding a zero or a couple of zeros to the equation. But no, it's simple math. And I saw what you did to that one unit. And then it was another couple of years before we even did our next one, because you have to make sure that there's a full cycle. There's just maturing the process, right? We just matured the process and went through the whole life
1: cycle of a deal. Then it's like, okay. I think this is how a lot of relationships start too, is, hey, we got some commonality. Then you start like, let's do a deal. And we've all had these bad business partnerships relationships (laughs) things that go bad yes so i think we're guarded more now than ever i know i am and i just have a really big no factor for most people they don't hit it right and if i feel like it's getting weird it gets shut down quick and so but the right way to do it is to do it walking eyes wide open slow we've talked about this where we just canceled the deal Mm -hmm. that we knew were potentially going to do together but we got enough things going on. We're like, and I canceled because I was like, I feel like I'm rushing.
2: Nothing ever works when you rush a deal. And nothing works when you rush a partnership, Corey. And with all due respect, you and I, although we'd been really good friends, I hadn't done a deep dive on your business model. So me taking three years to see it come full cycle, we went in on that one deal together. We helped raise a portion of the capital for that deal. So I could kind of see it, touch it, feel it. We did that deal together obviously on your proven track record. I mean, I know you'd been doing a long while, but just I hadn't. So I had to see it for myself. If I'm going to put my investor's capital to work, I need to know who I'm dealing with. And so that gave me the confidence to do another deal. And so this year we've done two deals together and we will I'm sure we'll do another three or four next year. Yep. It's a progression, but now we've come full cycle. We've sold the wonderful deal in Catalina down in Yuma. And so that's knock on wood going to be closing in about seven days. And it's a progression. But I think I see our relationship, Corey, as the classic collaboration of a competition, right? Clearly, you could go and try and raise all capital yourself and do it all. And I could try and go be an operator and do all of it myself. But The beauty is in the ease of it, where I have a lot of capital behind me and the personal relationships that I've developed, and you're the best operator and the best acquisition guy. So you control the acquisition and the operations, and I will bring the capital to the table. I think it's a great partnership in my view. It's a great partnership, it's funny. And that
1: is really the piece, is everybody understands their roles, and then we all perform at a very high level. And when that happens, it becomes magic, because this deal got really put together with, really three main parties and really a spice of another, I'll call that Mike's earnest money that came in to start to put the deal down. But Sean that found the deal, Mike put down the earnest money and then Mark went ahead and raised all the capital.
2: 5.6, baby. $5.6
1: $5.6 million. That
2: was a big raise in about 30 days, right? So, Man, what was really impressive, Mark,
1: is that, and I've been raising money for a long time, and to watch your group of investors. So we actually had a pretty good idea. You had a pretty good idea of where you wanted and who you wanted to kind of, I'll say pitch for, does, does not write the right word, but offer this
2: opportunity to. And we really kind of tailored it to that group's needs. Well, and our needs, I would argue also, right? Because I mean, this was one where we got such a great deal because it was a very quick closing time and sometimes yeah. you have to pounce on opportunities. And so with that being said, we knew it was a very big raise. I mean, five point six in thirty days is a big ask. And so again, there was some buffer. There was slightly longer than thirty days. But in my mind, it was like I gotta get it done in thirty days to make sure that we don't miss any yeah. headlines. And that's just what I wanted to deliver on. So in my mind, it was five point six in thirty days. So what you and I came up with was a very professional waterfall structure that our investors would share in the backend equity.
1: Yep. And that's not a typical deal that I've taught or done, but I also wanna be clear on this podcast, like you do whatever it takes to get the capital. Yes. Right? The capital will tell you what it needs. And if you just listen, because the truth is, does it really matter at the end of the day? It doesn't. Me and Mark making a little bit extra money because we got a lower cost capital That's not the big picture. The big picture is these investors are going to be happy and want to invest more and more often in future deals. That's the play. In my opinion, what do you think, Mark?
2: Yeah, no, you're exactly right. I think they say interest rate is the barometer of risk. And I think that sometimes when you're presenting a fair interest or an IRR, effectively an internal rate of return to an investor their requirement, let's say that someone instead of getting a normal twelve to fourteen percent return in this instance, they might get a seventeen to twenty percent return, right? Which to us might sound aggressive, but it's a fair barometer for the risk adjusted return. They had to make a very quick decision on whether they would come in with us or not.
1: And yeah, and that
2: was it. We had a small timeline, not our normal ramp up. It's like, hey, here's the marketing prospectus. Here's, what, here's the plan. We put a webinar together, we presented it, and we got the result we wanted because it was a very quick and aggressively uh, sought after deal. We were able to do that very successful raise in a short period of time. And to your point, the other option is, okay, if we are not as, I don't want to call it generous, but as we're in, if we did not offer the same terms and perhaps we're trying to be a little more greedy, we may not have been able to close and then the deal falls apart and no one's a winner. So yeah, I think no you and I are both, and that's the other reason I love working with you, Corey, is that our collaboration, not only do we kind of stay in our lanes and I don't micromanage your management of the asset and you allow me to go raise the capital and do things the right way. And frankly, I credit you. You even allowed us to structure this deal. It was outside the buy your normal box, but you said, no, hey, I'll listen and to what the money is calling for. But I love the way that we each stay in our lane and we respect each other's role. And I think that's, yeah. that's part of the... That really is the communication
1: piece between partners. And I almost say that the more you can do that in a deal before you even get started, the better, right? We've always had a great communication. Like if we, something's going on and we talk now and now that we're, it's funny how we get these little visions. I think I've seen a vision. Me and you both have seen a vision together of what we can do together. Because one and one is not two, mm. right? one and one is maybe 27 yep. at what we're thinking, the way our brains work.
2: So now we start bouncing off, ideas and thoughts and how we're going to project it. Well, don't forget that you solved one of my big problems, Corey, because I mean, I'm sitting here, this sounds silly, but as you know, in this market, deal flow is not plentiful in single family space. And so we were knocking down some new construction builds We're building some multifamily. We're trying to like build, and I say multifamily, not like a big syndication. We're just doing some fourplexes in the Kansas City marketplace, but we're trying to find ways Because our capital is screaming for deal flow. The unique proposition of having way too much capital calling for deals and not enough deal to present. So in that light, it made sense that, hey, rather than just telling people, hey, sorry, we don't have anything, you'll go elsewhere, which I don't like doing because I believe that we're the best at what we do. And it's better to advise someone into a role rather than just telling them to go elsewhere and start a whole nother due diligence period with somebody. That's obviously fraught with risk. So we love to be able to help people into a multifamily space. And what you offered was, hey, Mark, you've got a ton of capital. We have a deal upcoming. Let's just put this together and we can win together. Because again, you went back to back real quickly too. You just came off the back of Sierra Point and you're like, hey, here's another great deal, but we got a quick close. And that's when you and I said, hey, let's jump in.
1: Yeah, it's been a whirlwind. I feel like we're going to do four deals this year. And it was kind of, it feels like it's every quarter is it back to back to back to back. And it's been a great year for us. But I will say this, and I actually stole, I think, the title of this from you because you actually said these words. Because we were just talking. I don't know if you remember this. We were just talking, and you were like, Corey, this year is all about strategic relationships, right? It really meant something to me. I don't know if you know that, but like you said those words, and I was like, dude. That is the concentration. Instead of me going out and trying to find a, a lot more investors on my own, and, and we're still doing that, but I would much rather put more work into saying, let me just help Mark. Mark's already got this machine built and doing really well. How do I add value to what Mark's doing? And let's do it together,
2: right? Amen. And it works well. Yeah, I couldn't be happier. In fact, we're doubling down. Excited to announce that we're actually hiring a Full-time capital fundraiser. So we see it very clearly. You know, our vision and mission is really to pull that money out of Wall Street, out of the volatility of the stock market, as I said earlier, and and help people deploy it into onto Main Street. I believe that the real estate industry for the longest time has done a very poor job of providing opportunities to high-income, high-net-worth individuals that are looking to deploy their capital out of the stock market into real estate opportunities. It's very hard to do. And to find trusted individuals that have a high level of integrity, that care about the capital and respect the capital and will pay a fair rate for it. It's hard to find. And so, our passion now is to really help people advance that cause and help people protect their legacy and their family tree, getting it out of the volatile stock market, which, hey, are we going to have a downturn anytime soon? I don't have a crystal ball, Corey, but I know that after 12 years long run, something bad's about to happen.
1: Something's coming. Yeah. I love the piece about you really are setting yourself up to become, I don't know if that's the right word for it, but like a wealth management company. The product's real estate, and it doesn't have to be just single family, and it doesn't have to be just multifamily. I mean, but that's what you put it into, but the true gist of what you do, and even what I do too, is we manage people's money Mm. without a regulatory system, but we provide a product that is proven over
2: time. Absolutely. In fact, we take that very seriously. All of our product offerings now have been vetted through our SEC attorney because we believe that turnkey securities could be viewed upon as a security. So we go that extra mile. Shout out to Larry Pino, who does a wonderful job for us protecting ourselves. But we believe that the real estate is the safest vehicle out there and that more people should be being deployed into that asset class. We just choose to work with those that are high income and high net worth. So kind of just go back into the Warner Robins portfolio,
1: when I first showed you that deal, just what did you like about that opportunity?
2: So it spoke to me, Corey, in a couple of ways. One, I love the geographic location and that always has to be a factor, right? Location, location, yep. location. But secondarily, I loved the fact that it was a value-add proposition. At the end of the day, I understand. I'm a real estate guy. I've been flipping houses, done 1,500 single-family flips in the Kansas City marketplace over the last 20 years. I get the idea of buy low, sell high. And what I saw in your opportunity was, under marketed rent. These people just had not raised rent in forever. And so I understand that if you take a, I mean, the structurally sound I love, and it's 100% occupied. So I mean, it's a good property. However, they have neglected raising rent. And I think if you and I now go in there, well, I know that when we go in there, and I liked the opportunity to be able to go in and rehab the interior, a very light cosmetic makeover, which is what we love to do in real estate. LVP flooring, painting, some stainless steel appliances. Like get just some nice upgrades to the property, and that in turn will go from a seven hundred and fifty a month rental to a nine hundred or nine hundred and fifty a month rental. The cool thing about commercial real estate, more so than even single family, is that when you alter the NOI, it immediately raises the value of the asset on the back end. Yeah, you don't have to wait for the market to come around. You don't have to wait for market. With single family, you're constantly like, well, it may not appraise. What do you mean appraise? It's driving this value. In fact, we kick our head against the wall with appraisers all the time because we're like, hey, we're selling at a seven cap. Well, What do you mean? Well, what I mean is that this is delivering a seven cap return, uh, yield to our investors at a rate of 7% a year. And they're like, well, market says it's only worth X. I'm like, well, we're not selling it on the open market. We're selling it to an investor. But anyway, you get the idea. With Yeah, and it is.
0: You don't have to worry about that. Are you ready for retirement? The majority of Americans are not. Failing Social Security and dated financial planning practices put strains on many retirees' finances. 46% of Americans admit they are not taking steps to prepare for the likelihood they outlive their retirement savings. Luckily, it's not too late. Diversify your portfolio. At Kahuna Investments, we partner with passive investors to create award-winning communities families love to call home. To learn more about our company and our process, go to www.kahunainvestments.com and click the deal room.
1: Yes, it's crazy how that pendulum swings. There's pros and cons to both sides. And being first and foremost, I think from that single family side, which is where I came from too, That's why I like that deal as well. I like clear entries and exits, right? Meaning that was a very clear picture for us to say, we do this work, we do all the doors, the 197 of them are right there, and then we get X when we do it. And once you see that picture, it's really clear, then it's just a matter of how much does it cost to do it, and then does the numbers work when we do it?
2: Yeah. And then it just becomes execution, right? So now that we've penciled it and we know it works, now it's about just executing a plan and you're great at it. So that's the best thing is execution.
1: Well, so in the strategic partnerships, crystal ball, right? And I'm not going to hold you to it. I just like to say for everybody that comes on the podcast, what does the next five years for Mark
2: and SBD housing, what does that look like in your eyes? Yeah, look, our goal is to pull a billion dollars out of Wall Street and stick it in Main Street. So we've got some very lofty goals. We're kind of in four tranches here at SPD, specifically the single family tranche. We're looking at scaling to do a thousand homes a year on the single family side. So that means that we'll be flipping and rehabbing a thousand homes a year around the Midwest. One thing that we've gotten really, really good at is our rehabbing from afar, being able to rehab from a distance. And so That will be our goal for the single family. On the multifamily side, as I said, we're hiring a capital fundraiser who will allow us to support more of our deals, right? So you and I will be looking to scale from just doing two or three deals a year up to maybe five, six, seven deals a year would be the ultimate goal in the multifamily. Yeah, or
1: just bigger deals. Like, I mean, like I guess the great thing is there's always another zero that you can find with the multifamily.
2: Yeah. You know, I mean, we're looking at one right now that we could take down for 20, 25 mil. So those opportunities will abound and just deploying more capital in that respect and then doing a little bit more new construction. But again, at the end of the day, our passion is just educating to people that they don't have to just put their money in the market. I'm not going to sit here and I understand that there's two sides of a coin. There's no one-sided coin and it's not yeah. one-size-fits-all. So I'm not saying you cannot invest in the stock market. Clearly, there's experts that are making money in the stock market all day. We just know that diversification is wise and that those that look to diversify and build a legacy portfolio of real estate, we're here to help them.
1: Amen. Love it. Listen, as we finish, kind of roll this thing up, I appreciate you coming on, my friend, and talking about your perspective on on that capital raise and finding the capital, what you've done there. Any
2: books you've been reading lately that's really just kind of talked to you or kind of give you some inspiration? Absolutely. For Two books. First one is a shout out to my very dear friend and your good friend, Dr. David Phelps. He wrote a book called Own Your Freedom, which I would love you to go look at amazon.com. Dr. Phelps, Own Your Freedom. Just really speaks to the freedom is under attack in America right now and that we really need to be wise about how we are positioning ourselves to protect our families and our freedoms. It also speaks to my personal love for real estate and that he one of my taglines for my podcast is, you don't get rich from what you earn, you get rich from what you own. And he mentions the same thing as one of his principles is that wealth is found in what you earn, not in what you do. The second one, the second book that everybody should read who's in business is A Road Less Stupid by Keith Cunningham. And at the end of every, extremely sage wise advice from a guy who's been in business a long, long time, many people don't understand, but I know a lot of people have read Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad Poor Dad. Keith Cunningham is actually, a lot of the principles came from, of Rich Dad Poor Dad came from Keith Cunningham as Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad. So it's a really interesting kind of come full circle and Keith presents some amazingly sage advice for running a business, just kind of no nonsense,
1: I've never read that book. I'm actually
2: looking forward to it. I'm going to read that one. That's going to be... It will fast become the go-to. And the other cool thing at the end of every chapter, he says, now go think, you'll thank me later. And I think it's an amazing way because as you know, I'm exiting kind of the operational side of my business and really sitting the CEO seat in a very true way. And as Chris Johns continues to run SPD housing from the COO role, he's allowing me time to think. And it's amazing they say it's easier to do than to think. And it's absolutely amazing how true that is. When I get some thinking time, the magic happens, man. And that's why you and I are having all this fun together. So yeah, we've had time to think and kind of plan and kind of strategize. Right? Absolutely. And that's why, Hey, you're flying up to Kansas city for two days to come think together.
1: Yeah. I love it. I can't wait. What advice would you give to anybody listening? That's maybe newer or kind of starting out. People starting out in the investing world.
2: Yeah. Look, real estate is a wonderful tool, but it's not a microwave business. It's a crockpot business. My wealth has been built over 20 years of an investing career. And so you can't rush it. But the whole key is no matter what people say, buy and hold. Obviously earned money along the way. But what I said earlier, your true wealth is earned. You don't get rich from what you earn, you get wealthy from what you own and i truly believe that it's not about how much money you make but the assets that you buy with your income so everyone's got to go earn a living right so whatever that job yeah. be is earn a living but take that cash flow live on less than you make throw it into assets that will spin off cash flow and honestly time takes care of the rest it is not a complicated game it's just you have to be committed to the process
1: man that is a great great insight i've been doing it for real estate for I think 18 years now, same, almost as long as you. That is exactly it. It is holding real estate, understanding that it was a long game. I didn't get that in the beginning. I actually did it the opposite. And then you start getting smart. The only thing I wish I did, I would have done is
2: held stuff a lot sooner. The one thing that I keep coming back to, I mentioned this at most of my talks, is I've never met a 70-year-old guy That looked me square in the eyes and said, Mark, I wish I didn't own those hundred doors that I bought 30 years ago. (laughs) Always and every one, right? As long as I never meet that guy that obviously tongue in cheek, I clearly it is a wise and sage thing to do. If you could wake up one day and own 30 doors or 10 doors or 100 doors, clearly you'd be proud of that fact. It just takes some discipline to do it. Amen.
1: Mark, I want to thank you again for coming on the podcast and sharing your wisdom and your knowledge and being a true operator that you are. Everything you've ever done is above the cuff. It is done with such genuineness, I think is missing sometimes in our space and I just thank you for sharing who you are and how you do it and for everybody else listening right now this is the type of guest we love to bring on the podcast I'm just going to tell you don't keep us a secret right go out there hit that share button smash that like get us out there into the world because bringing people like Mark into this podcast I think is what this podcast is about and but more importantly is what Mark just said about that slow crockpot game right guys you've got to start though before you get the crockpot out and decide to bake or to cook, right? You've got to decide and that happens in between those two ears guys. It really is the most powerful thing you'll ever do is make up your mind, right? Because if you believe it, you can achieve it and your paradise is possible.